Welcome to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history and culture through Chinese TV shows. This is Kathy. And I am Karen. Today, we are going to talk about episode 41 and 42 of Ho Gong Zhen Huan Zhuan, Empresses in the Palace. We're quite a few episodes in, and I realize that as much as this podcast is about Chinese history and culture through these shows, it's about chasing the drama, fangirling, at least the, us, the two of us, about certain actors and actresses, and doing a ton of in-depth character analysis to see what we can learn about our own everyday life. Let's just say we like being nerds about these dramas, and I guess that's why you're listening. I'm very excited to discuss episode 41 and 42. They are what I consider the resolution to probably the most exciting parts of the drama, like the first half. After this, the mood totally shifts because, spoiler alert, the fantastic Hua Fei is no longer. We're sad about that, which is why we're going to be doing a ton of analysis for these two episodes, episode 41 and 42. This episode may also be incredibly long. So please bear with us because we just have a lot to say about these characters. The drama is currently available on YouTube if you would like to rewatch or follow along. If you are new to the podcast, please start with our intro to the podcast and intro to the drama episodes. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at chasingdramaspodcast at gmail.com. Today in this episode, we will say goodbye to one of our main characters and fan favorites. We knew this was going to happen, but let's see how it plays out. There are three key events to discuss today. The death of Xiangpin, whose maiden name is Cao Qinmo. The introduction of a new Manchu concubine, Qi Guiren, whose maiden name is Gua Erjia Wenyuan, and finally, the death of Hua Fei, or now Nian Daying, whose maiden name is Nian Shilan. In a change of how we normally do these episodes, we are going to discuss the events surrounding these three ladies and then do some analysis. So it won't be a straight recap of these two episodes and analysis afterwards. Let's start off, like Kathy said, with the death of Xiangpin. In episode 41 and 42, we see her sudden rise and sudden disappearance. In episode 41, the newly promoted Xiangpin is plotting her next move. She was previously Cao Guiyun, an ally of Hua Fei, but betrayed Hua Fei and was luckily promoted by the emperor as a reward for revealing all of Hua Fei's evil deeds. Look at Xiangpin. Look at how lavishly she's dressed, especially her hair accessories. The thing is, she is ambitious. She wants to become a consort, or fei, and even a noble consort, or gui fei. At least she stopped there. She's not like, I want to become the empress. Everything Cao Qinmo, or now Xiangpin, does, on the face of it, though, is for her daughter, Wen Yi. As a lowly noble lady, her daughter would most likely have been sent away to marry a lowly lord or as a sacrifice in some type of marriage alliance. Xiangpin needs to rise up in the ranks to protect her daughter. As for her alliance with Jin Huan, Xiangpin knows full well that Jin Huan can also not be trusted. She goes so far as to say that if Jin Huan blocks her path to becoming fei or consort, she will not hesitate to attack Jin Huan. 
this woman has no loyalties when it comes to securing a future or climbing up the ranks. Will Xiangping or Cao Qinmo get to see her move up? Mm, most likely not. She does not know that her husband and her mother-in-law, the emperor and the empress dowager, have other thoughts. Next, we have a scene with the emperor discussing matters of court and the imperial harem with his mother, the empress dowager, Tai Ho. The general, Niangong Yao, has died, and the once mighty Huafei is now a lowly second-class female attendant, or Nian Daying. The emperor believes if Nian Daying doesn't cause any further ruckus in the imperial harem, he will let her live out her days at least with a noble lady title. That is actually pretty lenient of him. And this is exactly why later, Jin Huan nudges Xiangpin to uh, cause a little bit of a stir. Everyone wants this woman dead, but the emperor doesn't have the heart to kill Nian Daying as of right now. Clearly, he feels bad for her because he tricked the poor woman for so many years. Even though he knows that Nian Daying is a terrible person, he does acknowledge that she loved him and he feels somewhat bad that he never truly loved her. The Empress Dowager does commend the Emperor for the way he handled Xiangpin's promotion. He bluntly tells her and us, the audience, that he knew full well Xiangpin was in cahoots with Nian Daying, but he needed her to serve as a witness in order to clean Nian Daying's faction in the Imperial Harem. You see, nothing escapes their eyes, specifically this mother-son duo. And funnily enough, the way they talk about the Imperial Harem, to me, it feels so transaction-like, so business-like. The Empress Dowager tells the Emperor not to favor Xiangpin anymore. He should not even talk to Huan about court. For them, for these two, it's all about calculating every move on how to balance both the court and the harem. That's why in Chinese, you have the front court or Tian Chao and the back palace, or a hougong. In English, it sounds kind of odd, but in Chinese, it does make sense. The Empress Dowager constantly reminds the Emperor that he cannot have true feelings. We see exactly why. If he had true feelings for Nian Daying, he wouldn't have been able to use her and her brother as effectively. Moving on, we see that Xiangpin is watching her daughter, Wenyi, play in the snow in a garden when Jin Huan comes to say hi. The two briefly discuss the gossip that a new noble lady, Qi Guiyun, will be joining the imperial harem. Suddenly, the princess, Wenyi, slips but is saved by the sickly Duan Fei. Xiangping rushes over to check on both of them. This particular scene is kind of funny. I love how she tries to walk over to her daughter but almost trips herself because of the flower bottom pot shoes that she's wearing. It's quite funny in this scene. You're just like, oh, the struggle for these actresses. I feel bad for how these ladies uh, have to wear these shoes. I don't know how they stay up right, especially in winter. Jin Huan, seeing that Duanfei's clothes got slightly soiled, invites Duanfei to her palace to change. Duanfei leaves first, giving Jin Huan a chance to finish her conversation with Xiangping. I partially also think that Jin Huan was purposeful in uh, nudging Duanfei to go change at her own palace. Now, the two cunning ladies, Jin Huan and Cao Qinmo, have a nice little chat. Xiangping, Cao Qinmo, shares her ambition of next wanting to become a consort in order to help her daughter secure a better future. 
Jin Huan says she understands. I mean, it makes sense. Jin Huan also explains why the emperor gave Xiangping the title of Xiang. Xiang means to help. With the court already having enough evidence or support to remove Nian Gengyao, the emperor needed someone to help him in the imperial harem. Cao Guiren, now Xiangping, fills that role of the helper. The key here is that Jin Huan says Nian Daying is still a concubine, which means not much more can be done to not lose too much face. Jin Huan is hinting that Huang Sheng needs a little bit more help in order to fully rid Nian Daying. Xiangping gets the hint and ushers Jin Huan to see Duan Fei. Interestingly, in this conversation, we also find out that Xiangping isn't really educated. She may be very smart, but she's not well-read, which is why she doesn't understand what Xiang means. Look here now. Xiangping is extremely smart. She, taking Jin Huan's hint, thinks she needs to convince the emperor to kill Nian Daying. However, I believe Jin Huan is taking this opportunity to remove Cao Guiren as well. She, Jin Huan, is using words like, you know, I completely understand because Wen Yi is actually my goddaughter, so I want to look out for her future as well. With this sentence, Cao Guiren, now Xiangping, I think believes Jin Huan. It's really subtle, but I feel like Jin Huan is nudging Xiangping to help kill Nian Daying, but the results in continued displeasure by the emperor. I think Jin Huan knows this is what's going to happen. By continuing to uh, say bad things about her former master, the emperor will get annoyed at Xiangping. In any case, Jin Huan leaves Cao Guiren and returns to chat with Duan Fei at her own palace. Jin Huan makes the curious comment to her, saying, Princess Wen Yi is so cute, but I wonder how she'll turn out with a mother like Xiangping. What would happen if she were to have another mother? Later, we have a scene where, mostly guided by Jin Huan's words that we just saw, Xiangping openly voices her recommendation to kill Nian Daying. She even says, such an evil woman cannot be allowed to live in the imperial harem. The emperor hears this and walks away muttering, you really are ruthless to Xiangping. This, like Karen just said, did not have the intended result Xiangping was hoping for. The emperor once again chats with his mother, the empress dowager, Tai Ho. This time, they are discussing Xiangping. Her words have irked the emperor. He cannot have a traitor who openly wishes for her old master's death around. This will be dangerous for the imperial harem. Again, it doesn't even feel like they're talking about people, just chess pieces. The emperor at least worries about the fact that his daughter will not have a mother, but the empress dowager just says, there are plenty of women in the imperial harem without daughters. We'll just have to find Wen Yi another mother. Well, that's settled. In the very next scene, Xiangping's own maid is seen pouring some suspicious powder into a brew for Xiangping. Xiangping does not look well at all. The end result? Xiangping dies off screen. We just hear that announcement in episode 42. Jin Huan secretly tells Duan Fei that this was the emperor's orders. This is the same as what happened to Nian Shilan. The doctors were told to keep everything quiet. 
Can you believe it though? This time it was Xiangping's own personal maid that poured that suspicious packet into the medicine. The princess Wen Yi now has no mother. Jin Huan recommends for Duan Fei to foster her. And with that, this is the last time Xiangping is mentioned. We also no longer see Princess Wen Yi on screen anymore, although she is mentioned in the drama. Uh, she is such a cute little girl, but alas, the story must move on without these two characters. Um, to clarify that Xiangping dies off screen, the reasoning was saying that she had some ailment. Other people would say, oh, she probably died following her former master, because as we'll get to later, this announcement of her death comes almost right after the death of Nian Shilan. Let's take a second to discuss this woman in more detail. Cao Qingmo is a noble lady for the majority of the time we see her. She finally ends up as a pin, which means she can control her own palace, only to be poisoned by her own husband. The thing is, her fate was determined well before her betrayal of Hua Fei. When we were first introduced to her, she's the less pretty ally to Hua Fei, who also at the time had Li Pin in her posse. Cao Keren is unique in that she at least has a child, which we know now is very rare in the palace thanks to how the Empress Huang Hou runs the harem. From the get-go, we learn and see that Cao Guiren, I feel like I'm just so used to calling her Cao Guiren, not used to calling her Xiangpin, um, is very cunning. Time and again, Jin Huan almost gets punished because of the events plotted by Cao Guiren. Jin Huan pretty much escapes by the skin of her teeth. Sure, Cao Qimuan was doing Hua Fei's bidding, but in episode 17, Jin Xi, Jin Huan's main maid, says something very important. People who care about riches and money will never get too far. This was in response to a very unique or extravagant fragrance Jin Huan gifted Cao Qimuan in order to root out who was a spy in her group. If you recall, they were trying to figure out if Cao Ximo had interactions with Jin Quan's half-sister slash maid, Huan Bi. Cao Ximo was gifted a bunch of different things. She threw away most of them, but kept the most expensive piece. And therefore, Jin Xi made this observation that people who care about riches and money will never get far. This observation is very astute. Cao Ximo cares about her daughter, which is true, but in these last few episodes, she has reiterated many times how much she wants to climb the ladder in the Imperial Harem. She's not happy or content to just be a pin. She wants more. It's evident with her hair decorations, which immediately become more extravagant once she is no longer under Hua Fei's control. Her greed blinded her to observing the Emperor's feelings towards Hua Fei. If she had stopped talking, kept her mouth shut about Hua Fei, she may not have been killed. It's very obvious to see that she was a former ally or a little, uh, literally underneath Hua Fei. But because Cao Guiren and Cao Qimua kept on saying terrible things towards her former master, it increased the disgust by the emperor and the empress dowager. This woman shows no loyalty. 
The people who stay alive in the imperial palace, or at least live peacefully and rise through the ranks, such as Qing Fei, Duan Fei, plus Jin Huan, you see, aren't the greedy ones. They just kind of let everything be. There's a difference between being greedy and not letting people attack you. These people, these three women that I just said, they know what to do. They know how to defend themselves, but they're not necessarily looking to attack someone uh, or are on the offense. Cao Xinmo right now is completely opposite. So in the end, some comments or some fans say that Cao Xinmo was very smart, but this greed portion uh, by saying so many negative things about her former master was out of character for her and probably only happened because the writers needed her to die. Personally, I don't think so. I think this is in character for her. She doesn't know why the emperor is so lenient on Huafei with the whole special fragrance thing and causing her infertility, so Cao Ximua can't understand why the emperor would be annoyed with her. She's thinking, oh, you know, I want to showcase that I'm on the good side. I am, I realize I did, what I did was wrong under Huafei. That's why I'm trying to fix the situation and really destroy this old, you know, my old master. Maybe if circumstances were different, she would be applauded for her act. Right? He, the emperor, already killed Nian Gongyao and pretty much all the key clan members. Why would he keep Huafei or Nian Shilan alive? Xiang Pin is too focused on her own fortune to notice anything else. Unfortunately, I think she fell into Jin Huan's trap. Part of me isn't super convinced that Jin Huan really wanted to kill or get rid of Cao Qimuo, but it was more of like a byproduct of their conversations. What do you think? I, I, you know, I don't think I don't think Jin Huan was that nefarious, but Cao Qimuo, just based on her character, kind of dug her own grave. So I think Jin Huan knew that she needed to get rid of Cao Qimuo at some point, but I didn't think that. It would be this quick, like so soon after the fall of the Nian family. In addition, from a political perspective, Cao Qimuo was never destined for greatness. She does come from a Han banner, as is evident by her last name. But different characters always call out her family's lack of position at court. So we can assume that her family is neither powerful nor wealthy. She does not have a family to support her in the imperial harem or to uh, help her attract the emperor's attention. Her family is not like Jin Huan's family. Well, this is not always beneficial to have, you know, a strong position, but it certainly could have helped with her favor. The result of all her plotting and scheming is that her daughter will now be raised by Duanfei. This probably was actually foreshadowed way back in episode 14, I believe, during Wen Yi's first birthday party. Duanfei comes to the celebration where she first meets Jin Huan. At the party, Duanfei gifts Wen Yi a necklace that is very valuable. It's at that point where we are first shown that there is an interest or at least a stronger bond between the two. Duanfei has always liked the princess Wen Yi. So for this character, within two episodes, she got promoted, but then also got killed. She started off not very interesting. Honestly, when you compare her, I guess, looks also as an actress versus the likes of Hua Fei, Shen Mei Zhang, all these other people, she's not super interesting. 
but she dies a much more fleshed out character. That's why we just spent, what, like 20 something minutes talking about her. What do you guys think of our analysis of this character? I hope you guys agree, disagree. Let us know. Send us a note. ChasingDramasPodcast at gmail.com. Next up, we are also introduced to Ti Guiyun in episode 41. We are at another court greeting, but we see this new woman. Ti Guiyun is portrayed by the lovely Tang Yixin. I think this was her first drama. She was only 22 or so at the time when she first filmed this. Ti Guiyun comes from the bordered yellow banner, so she is Manchurian. Her maiden name is Gua Erjia Wenyuan of the Guo Erjia clan, which is highly regarded. She was selected to come to the palace due to her father's contribution in bringing down Yang Gongyao and his faction. In this episode alone, we learn quite a lot about her, her attitudes, her intelligence, and her abilities. And I can't wait to discuss. To our listeners, this qi means good luck or good fortune. It sounds the exact same as qi for Tifei, the doltish mother of the third prince. These two ladies will never have the same rank, so hopefully it won't get too confusing. At the greeting, the other concubines start gossiping. The older ladies don't seem to care too much, but Jin Huan looks rather glum. I think she is slightly jealous at what she knows will come, uh, because, you know, this is, a, they, this is a beautiful young woman. Outside, Jin Huan and Shimei Zhuang are heading back together, but is stopped by the new Qi Guiren. She just wants to come to say hello, yada yada. And who do we have in the background? An Lingyong sulking in the back. I think she is again thinking, why does no one want to talk to me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kathy really does not like An Lingyong. To no one's surprise, the emperor does indeed pick Qi Guiren for the evening. We haven't seen a scene like this in a while, but she follows the tradition of being rolled up in bed covers and carried to the emperor's bed on the shoulders of a bunch of eunuchs. It's hilarious. What is surprising is that the next day, she just straight up says, I'm going to go move to Sui Yuxian, Jin Quan's palace. In her own rooms, this Qi Guiyun is plotting her next move. She has it figured out. She needs to get close to Jin Quan. The emperor likes Jin Huan, so living close to her will be very advantageous for herself. Qi Guiyun. Okay, so far so good. She seems to know how the game works in the Imperial Harem. Next, Qi Guiyun pays a visit to the Empress Huang Hou. Huang Hou pretty much lays it out. The two of them are from the Manchu banners. All of the other favored ladies are from the Han banners. The Manchu banners must be represented in the Imperial Harem. Here is a little bit of the political discrimination happening that we haven't talked about in a while as well. The Han-Manchu divide simply permeates the Qing Dynasty. Then the Empress offers some pretty sage advice. To become a favored concubine, watch how others become a favored concubine. I don't know if Tigrin will take that advice, but she does seem to have listened. Outside, Qi Guiyun encounters the demoted Nian Daying. Qi Guiyun roundly scolds Nian Daying for not curtsying and begins to mock her for her misfortunes. Let's look at how Nian Daying responds. She says, how are you any different from me? You came to the Imperial Palace due to your family's influence. Enjoy your dream. 
Who knows, maybe you'll end up like me. The Empress and Jin Huan were no match for me. I'll see about you. Qi Guirin is very much annoyed, but she doesn't have a good retort. Nian Daying, despite her rank, is still as proud and as haughty as ever. I love the smirk she has on uh, her face when she's addressing Qi Wei, and she's like, who are you? I still own this palace. Well, why is Nian Daying so upset? It's because she's burning paper money for her family. The only person left with her is Song Zhi. Nian Daying's entire family has died, and she knows that there is no hope for her left in the imperial harem. She turns her bitterness and hatred towards Jin Huan. There is one eunuch and only one eunuch left, and she's planted that eunuch in Jin Huan's palace. It's time to use him to seek revenge. Things move along quickly in the next few scenes. Qi Guirin, in her pouty self, tattles to the emperor about her encounter with Nian Daying and about how Nian Daying was very rude to her. The emperor's conviction against Nian Daying seems to be falling because he keeps making comments about how, oh, she's really not too bad. Plus, he hears that the whole reason why Nian Daying was so upset is because she is mourning her dead family. Basically, Huang Shan is saying, if she stays quiet, she'll live. He feels bad for how he treated her and completely disregards how she treated other people in the Imperial Harem. He's like, as long as I feel okay, I don't care if she has hurt, maimed, killed other people in the Imperial Harem. That's how he operates. Well, later on, the Empress Huang Ho has invited the ladies of the Imperial Harem to the opera. Jin Huan declines to join. She has her own plans for the evening. Well, there's always something of note at the opera, and today doesn't disappoint. When I first watched this scene, I wasn't sure of how cunning the new Qi Guirin was. There were flashes of brilliance earlier on that we saw, but this scene sealed the deal for me. She'll be just a dumber Huafei. Why? <laughs> Let's see. Qi Guirin, I guess, trying to, you know, schmooze the Empress, voices her good fortune for having the Empress in charge of the Imperial Harem. The Empress waves off these compliments. She says, we are all sisters. We should take care of one another. There's some back and forth between the two ladies, and the Empress states, with the way you are all chatting, I'm reminded of my own family. It's really sweet and pleasant. This is where Tigrian uh, displays her intelligence. She says, Dear Empress, as long as you don't think we're too chatty, when I'm at home, I can never talk to my two Shu Chu sisters. But when I see you, Empress, I feel like I can tell you anything. Uh oh, the look on everyone's face. The word in Chinese that Tigrian uses is Shu Chu, which means not born from the main wife. This has really big implications within Chinese society. And I don't recall if we really mentioned it, but if you are born from the main wife or the Chu, you have a much different status than somebody who is Shu Chu, regardless of whether or not you are the eldest or if you were the firstborn. Yeah, you can kind of, you can kind of think of it as a bastard child. More or less. It's like a legitimate, but not bastard child. It's kind of like in between. 
they can still you can still uh let's just say um inherit titles and land but you generally come after the di chu person di chu child uh if you are a shu chu child well it also depends on what time period if you are a shu chu sometimes you cannot inherit well, Qi Guiren quickly realizes that she made a mistake and immediately falls to her knees to beg for forgiveness. I love Ada Choi, the Empress's acting here. Her gaze stays straight, her face is still serene, but her eyes are, and her voice, well, her dub, turn steely. She simply responds, We're all sisters in the Imperial Harem. I won't quibble about this. Why is this comment so problematic? It is because the empress herself is not born from the main wife. She is only a shu chu. This fact has and always will be her biggest trigger. With this phrase, Tsugurin just lowered the empress's status to that of her two shu chu sisters. How dare she? Tsugurin is also inadvertently hinting that she looks down at people who are shu chu which now includes the Empress. The callous way Tsiguren said this phrase was also unbelievable. She didn't even think twice. When Huafei was at the height of her powers, she would constantly use this as ammunition to belittle the Empress. In Imperial China, being a Shu Chu was a stain on anyone's birth. Of course the Empress is pissed. I read one of the comments on YouTube, which I think is so apt here. When Sigrin said her comment about her own sisters and tied it to the Empress, there was a zoom in on Tifei's face, the not quite smart uh, consort. The YouTube comment was, Tifei finally can think, wow, there's someone dumber than me in the palace. <laughs> so yeah, at first, Karen, I thought Tigran would be a legitimate threat. But after this, nah, not at all. After the opera, the Empress expresses her anger at Tsiguren once she's back in her own palace with Anlingrong. She even says that we desperately need women like Tsiguren in the palace. Women who are pretty, but also stupid. I love that the Empress immediately was like, yeah, she's stupid. <laughs> but the Empress is more or less over it. Who cares if you have a low birth? I am still the Empress. So to recap, this new woman is in the Imperial Harem. She has a powerful family, but is not too sharp. She's just vapid. She will be joining Huang Ho's posse with An Lingrong in the future. And now we save the best for last. Let's discuss the fan favorite, Hua Fei, or Nian Shilan, which was played by the lovely Jiang Xin. We have mentioned her throughout this episode already, but let's get to the meat of her death and also analyze this truly heartbreaking woman. Her death plays out through the end of episode 41 and the first half of episode 42. How does it come about? Well, Shen Meizhuang, again best friends with our main character Jin Huan, is playing Chinese Go at Jin Huan's palace, while all of the other ladies are watching the opera. Jin Huan's head eunuch comes in to declare that Nian Daying, Nian Shilan's spy, looks like he's about to start a fire. Recall that this is a eunuch who is under the employment of Nian Daying. This is an opportunity from heaven, Jin Huan thinks. 
and she orders everyone to play their part. The fire must be lit, but make sure to catch the culprit. Why does this have to happen? Technically, Jin Huan already knows someone is trying to burn her place down. She could avoid the fire, right? A key theme throughout the drama that I'm hoping you guys are catching on to is that in order for something to uh, achieve the end result, you have to let it get really, really bad before a really impactful punishment will be made. The goal for both Jin Huan and Shin Meizhuang is to get Hua Fei, now Mian Danying, killed. As of right now, the emperor isn't willing to do so because he is starting to feel sympathetic, feeling pity, he's feeling guilty and regret. Therefore, he's like, you know, she can still make it to a noble lady. He's not willing to kill her. Shen Meizhuang, who has been severely hurt by now Nian Daying, plus Jin Huan, who suffered a miscarriage because of Nian Daying, really wants to put the nail in the coffin to kill Nian Daying. That is why Jin Huan actively dumps oil onto her own materials so that the fire will be more devastating. Shen Meizhuang, seeing that revenge is in sight, willingly burns herself as well to play the part. In the end, parts of Jin Huan's palace is severely burned. The emperor rushes to see the remnants. Thankfully, no one is really severely hurt except for Shen Meizhuang, which with a burn that she did to herself. Her acting is so great in this scene. She is shivering in the snow, playing up her part of the victim. She's speechless. She's like so shell-shocked. Jin Huan's eunuch brings the captured culprit. The emperor's head eunuch immediately recognizes the man as someone from Nian Dangyi's palace. The fire and this eunuch is the one-two punch that was needed. This is concrete evidence that Nian Dai will still try to murder people for her own means, that she hasn't repented, she doesn't know how to, I guess, keep her head down. Whatever sympathies the emperor did have are finally now gone. Seeing the destruction and, uh, from the fire and the uh, injuries that Shen Meizhuang has sustained, the emperor coldly declares to the group, get this culprit's confession. If Nian Daying did order this, kill her. No need to report to me. As soon as the emperor leaves, we get a close-up of Shen Meizhuang. Her tears? Tears of joy. She's like, finally, my injury was worth it. Also, this is again another, uh, another example of Kwafe, you are so stupid. By trying to get this revenge, you are like not, you're not actually hurting anybody anymore. You have no power. Well, the next day, or the next scene, the Empress puts on a face. She is livid at the events of the fire. Honestly, she must be so happy. Like, she must be cackling with joy right now. Nian Daying will be sentenced to death. As an act of mercy, the Empress says she will be allowed to keep a full corpse. Her options will be a dagger, poison, or a white sash. The traditional three for uh, suicide. Before Nian Daying's sentence, though, Jin Huan decides to visit her one last time. The once powerful Hua Fei is now imprisoned in Lenggong or the Cold Palace with absolutely nothing. 
With all pretenses dispensed, these two ladies finally confront each other face to face. Nian Daying is bitter about the turn of events. She still doesn't accept that she did anything wrong. She admits to the murder of Chun Guiren, pushing Shen Meizhuang, etc., but she doesn't care. For her, that was her in her right to do so. That was her power. She could do whatever she wanted. The emperor's head eunuch, Su Peisheng, arrives with Nian Daying's three options. She, however, refuses to die. She demands the emperor's own imperial edict. If the emperor could deliver one for my brother, why can't you do one for me? She wants to hear it from himself. Nian Daying is grasping for that last piece of, um, I don't think hope anymore, but acknowledgement that the emperor did care about her. But alas, she will not get it. Chen Huan orders everyone to leave for one final conversation with Nian Daying. I do want to go through this scene in detail because it is just so riveting. If you haven't seen the scene, I recommend you watch it. It is absolutely incredible. These two ladies just act the hell out of the scene. They play so well off each other. Nian Daying is still sitting imperiously in her seat, regal and upright. Jin Huan has to deal each blow one by one to finally get her to uh, die. Let's go through the scene. Jin Huan starts by saying, Do you know why the emperor detests you? Hua Fei says, He never detested me. He favored me. Whenever I made a mistake, he couldn't stay away for too long. He really liked me. Then do you know why the emperor favored you? Because of your beauty? The imperial harem is never lacking in beautiful woman. Huafei responds, Are you saying he favored me because I was Nian Geng Yao's sister? Other women also have families in the military. You're lying. He truly loved me. Jin Huan responds, You're right. He might have, but your family's arrogance has whittled away any love he has for you. Nian Daying, who was sitting down previously, finally stands up to reminisce her early days as a concubine for the emperor. He was only a prince at the time, the fourth prince. He would take her riding, hunting. He said he only liked her. She hated that there were so many other women. She would wait from dusk until dawn, but he wouldn't come. She asks Jin Huan or demands to know, do you know what it feels like to wait from dusk till dawn? Of course, you never adored him like I did. Then I got pregnant. The emperor was so excited at first, but then he wasn't as excited. It must be because the only living son at the time was his third son. So I told him, don't worry, it'll be a son. But not long after, I lost my baby. It was indeed a son. Ugh, I am not an actress. I can't do this scene justice. Rewatch the scene like I have done 20 million times. Jiang Xin's acting is marvelous. The way her eyes just well up in tears, it's absolutely heartbreaking. The entire sequence will just be us praising the acting. Well, Jin Huan finally retorts, you lost your son, so you decided to take my child too? Nin Daying is beside herself. She violently turns Jin Huan around with tears streaming down her face to talk to her face to face. 
she spews out these words, I hate you. The emperor never treated any woman the same way as he treats you. I don't ever want to wait from dusk till dawn again. I did plot to poison you, but I never wanted to kill your child. She basically is saying, it's your fault for not being able to keep your kid. She actually, this is the true part. Huafe, we're going to reiterate. She never actively wants to hurt the emperor's children, unlike the empress. Jinhuan coldly responds to this. If it wasn't for the Huan Yixiang or perfume in your palace, how would I have miscarried? She backs away slowly, just repeating the words Huan Yixiang. Jinhuan delivers this final piece of information. She tells Yan Daying the truth. Did you know that the perfume you have treasured above all else for so many years contains large amounts of musk? You've used it for so many years. Of course you will not get pregnant. You're infertile. Nian cannot believe her ears. At this point, she completely breaks down at this earth-shattering news. How could it have been the emperor? This cannot be. Huan Yixiang was his gift to her. Nian is now hunched over in the corner. Jinhuan presses on. Look at this power shift. She is now the one on the offensive, like, backing dying into the corner. She says, if it wasn't for the emperor, why hasn't any imperial doctor told you about your condition? Even your miscarriage was ordered by the emperor. The bowl of medicine you drank from Duanfei, that wasn't her idea, but your beloved emperor. Niandaying right now is trying to process the news. She is still clinging onto some hope that this isn't true. She desperately asks, why? Why would he do this to me? Junhuan, I think right now, knows that uh, Nian Daying is, is, is breaking down. And she bluntly tells her the truth. There's no point in hiding anymore. She says, it is because you are Nian Shilan, sister to Nian Gengyao. The emperor was never going to allow you or the Nian family to have a son. Nian Daying finally understands her beloved emperor has always, always lied to her. All of their time together was nothing more than a farce. He betrayed her. He played her. She, full of despair after finally hearing the truth, starts laughing. She can't stop laughing. She's laughing, but the tears are also streaming down her face. Nian Shilan's famous last words are, Huangshang, ni hai de Shilan hao ku. One translation could be, Emperor, you've caused me so much pain. Or, simply put, you've betrayed me. After all of this information being processed without any further thought, she runs headfirst into a wall and dies, leaving Jinhuan as the only witness. 42 episodes into this drama, the once powerful Huafei Nian Shilan has finally died. Maybe I've seen way too many shows and knows what happens after this, but after this rewatch, she's terrible, but not that terrible. She was a product of her upbringing. She was mischievous and deadly, but she truly loved the emperor, one of the few women who, who did. I cannot help but feel pity for her at the end. Everything she did, the plotting, the murders, was for the emperor to gain his love. Well, uh, 
I guess the bribery aspect, not so much, but the other stuff is like, she was so jealous of these women. She just couldn't stand all of these women taking attention away from her beloved emperor. She never once thought that the emperor did not care about her or love her. We've seen now how the emperor treated everyone in the imperial harem like a chess piece. He did indeed treat her like nothing more than a chess piece, whereas she only wanted him. In this scene, she held out hope that the emperor would deliver that final edict to show that he actually cared. The only reason why she was sentenced to death was because she got caught. As Chen Quan slowly peeled the layers uh, of truth away, Nian Lan's demeanor completely changes until finally she realized that everything she experienced was a sham. You could say that her rise was because of her family by being a daughter of the Nian clan, and her fall was also because she was the daughter of the Nian clan. The emperor's so-called love, her favor, none of it was real. With this truth revealed, Kuafei, Nian Shilan lost all of the will to live. So she died as she lived, straightforward and unrelenting, not even looking back. She also died on her own terms. You realize that she decided not to take any of the three options offered to her by the Empress. She didn't decide to take poison, to hang herself, or to stab herself. She decided to kill herself by running headlong into the wall. She wanted to die on her own terms. I would like to also give a shout out to Song Zhi, her maid. Despite the way Nian Shilan, and we'll call her Nian Shilan now, despite the way she treated her, Song Zhi stuck with her until the very end, which could be said for her loyalty and perhaps the fact that Nian Shilan treated her at least not unkindly. Uh, in these two episodes... Cao Guiren dies, Huafei dies, we also never see Song Zhi ever again. Jin Huan has Duanfei over for a chat and laments Nian Shilan's death. The emperor has posthumously gifted Nian Shilan the title of Dunsu Huang Guifei, an imperial noble consort title. So the highest rank that Huafei got in life was a Guifei, or a noble consort. But in death, her posthumous title is a imperial, an imperial noble consort, only one rank below the empress. Duanfei comments on the irony of the title. Duan means gentle. <laughs> when was she ever gentle? This is just for the emperor to declare to the world that he is not a cold-hearted man. He just killed the entire Nian family, but will still honor his concubine with a high rank. Duanfei puts it quite aptly. Who cares about the dead? This is just for the living to see. With that, we close one chapter of Jin Huan's journey. Nian Shilan, the once powerful Huafei, is no longer going to be in the picture. This character was far and away the fan favorite of the show. Everyone, even if you didn't watch Jin Huan Zhuan, knew who Huafei was. When the show first aired, the character was constantly quoted, memed, imitated, you name it. People loved Huafei's attitude. She was evil but cute. She was ruthless, but she at least never willingly crossed a line. 
The most famous quotes include "见人就是矫情" from episode 34, and her last words here of "皇上，你害的世兰好苦." Honestly, even like in reality TV shows or just like in interviews where someone feels like betrayed or whatever, they'll be like, "Emperor, you really, you really hurt uh, me." Okay, like reciting the last line, and everybody understands what what they're talking about. It's just such a classic line now. And also the、uh, the whole like the other line, "见人就是矫情," which just means like I don't even know how to say it. Like, it, bitch, you're so pretentious. <laughs> I know. I think that's what it is. It's like bitches are so pretentious, and the way that she says it, right? It's so classic now. And now, in、uh, like so many fun YouTube clips or just interviews, they're just like, "Jian just is 矫情 And I think honestly, the word 矫情 pretty much came from this drama. 矫情 this、uh, this phrase starts popping up everywhere. Everybody knows where it is. It originates from this drama, or at least the popularity. Let's just say the popularity. As for the actress Jiang Xin, she would constantly be asked to act out these scenes whenever she was in interviews. This was definitely her breakout role. Karen and I had seen her in other shows and dramas beforehand, but this definitely was a superstar turn for her. Funnily enough, she originally, I think, wanted to she、um, auditioned for the part of Jin Huan, but then when she started acting, she was like super、uh, like. Direct and just sat down and was like, "Give me what I want," <laughs> and then portrayed started portraying, you know, the、uh, the role of Huafei, and everyone said, "Yes, that is who we want." So we have somebody else. We have Sun Li portray Jin Huan, and Jiang Xin is the iconic Huafei. Yeah, even recently, like last week or so, there was a trending tag on Wei Weibo, which is the microblogs that most people in China use, and it was actually again. Basically, it's like how to talk to your parents using Huafei's quotes. Some of them are quite hilarious, but、uh, um, yeah, she's still very much in the modern, I guess, pop culture. Let's also just talk about、uh, this character with giving a little historical context because I don't think we did a whole lot of that. This drama does take a lot of liberties regarding Huafei, but this is mainly for plot purposes. In history, Nian Shilan's real name is not known, but she was a favored concubine and a consort of the emperor. Contrary to this drama, she did indeed have children—several, in fact, three sons and a daughter. Unfortunately, none of her children lived to adulthood. According to history, she was also of a gentle nature, very different from the Huafei we see on screen. She didn't have a special title of Hua. She was just known as Consort Nian or Nian Fate. However, she also had poor health, and her pregnancies may have contributed to her early death. She is the only woman to have been promoted to the rank of Imperial Noble Consort or Huang Guifei during Yongzheng's reign when she was alive. Unfortunately, she died shortly after her promotion. She died in the winter of 1725 as an imperial noble consort, not a second-class female attendant, as was the case in this drama. She actually died before her brother in Yan Gongyao. Interestingly enough, once again, the timeline of this drama is a little bit all over the place, but her death was within the 1725-1726 window. The emperor in history was beside himself over her death. She had an extravagant funeral. I think in history, the emperor did truly have feelings for Nianfei. 
The drama doesn't explain what happened to the rest of the Nian family, but in history, the uh, only Nian Gongyao's line was punished. The rest of the Nian family, including Nian Fei's father, were spared. I also want to note uh, a, a big deal here is actually, interestingly, when I'm reading this, maybe the, the children were killed. The fact that none of these children lived to adulthood were because the emperor maybe, maybe had some nefarious plots behind that. We never know. I'm just thinking about that out loud right now. No, 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 that's not the case. You never know, Kathy. <laughs> no, one of one of her sons was favored. Um, and it was just unfortunate that he died like when he was eight. So I will I will disagree with that. OK, um, the other thing is, so the reason why this is so different is because, of course, we we must uh, go back and realize that this Jin Huanzhu and Empresses in the Palace is actually based on a book. And Hua Fei's character is based on a character from the book. So her sentiments and her personality are based off of that. Okay. I think that's that's it for, for Nian Fei or for Nian Shilan. But let me quickly finish the recap for the rest of the episode. The Imperial Doctor Wen Shuchu checks in on Shen Mei Zhuang. Let's just say she's very busy flirting with him. She wants to continue to see him, so she actually dumps her medicine without drinking it. You go, girl, whatever it takes. At court, the emperor reviews the writings of one Wang Jingqi. He was a civil servant under the deceased general, Nian Gongyao. Some of the writings can be construed as traitorous. He wrote things like, Nian Gongyao was the wisest person in the universe, the emperor will kill you in the future, etc. The man will be beheaded. His head will hang for 10 years and his family will be banished to slave labor. The words the emperor used are actually written in a copy of his uh, punishment. So that was pretty cool. And this punishment is actually uh, recorded in history. The man's head actually did hang off of uh, a pole for 10 years. In this episode, we see time and again that the emperor does not care about the truth. He cares about how people view him and his legacy. This happens one more time in this episode when he learns that the now imprisoned 10th prince has been voicing his displeasure of the emperor's treatment towards him and his family. With a little urging from Jin Huan, the emperor is willing to give the 10th prince's son an honorary title just to shut everybody up. For Jin Huan, this is the last mercy she can show to thank the 10th prince's wife for her act of kindness when Jin Huan was out of favor. The episode ends with some promotions. The emperor promotes Jin Huan to a fei or a consort. An Ling Rong is promoted to a pin or an imperial concubine. Xin Changzai, who we rarely see, is now also promoted to a noble lady. An Ling Rong is ecstatic to hear the news. She is now officially higher than Shen Mei Zhuang. See, whatever you do, you should listen to the Empress. And Ling Rong didn't do anything. She was like out of harm's way. She just went to the island with Jin Huan. And look at this. She is now a freaking pin, an imperial concubine, which is what Xiang Pin strove to get, but had to do so after like giving birth to a daughter and ratting out her old master. Pretty good for An Ling Rong. So I don't know what she's going to be unhappy about. 
Before we wrap up, I think the last thoughts I have to say about this is with the death of you really see how, and we talked about this throughout the episode, how calculating the emperor has to be. And his mom always says that the emperor cannot have true feelings or true emotions. We see that here time and time and again. Basically, I, I feel kind of bad for the emperor. I feel like he has to pimp himself out a lot of the times in order for people to feel um, like respected, right? He, I don't know for Songzhi, Kwafei's old maid, uh, main maid, was like, did he actually really like her, or was he just trying to, um, trying to, uh, I guess, like appease um, or lower the guard of of Kwafei and in, in trying to make sure that they continue to make mistakes? He is goading her the entire time to like make mistakes. He killed her um, without really thinking um, after hearing that she tried to again kill Shen Meizhuang and Jin Huan. I, I really do think throughout this saga, you see that the emperor cannot act his own feelings. He has to do so many things that impact both the court and the imperial harem. Everything that happens, even within the imperial harem, even though it's like called a back palace, where women don't really like make impact to what happens in court, actually does. Which also, I think, is just like ironic or just hypocritical for people to say, People in the imperial harem, the women in the imperial harem shouldn't affect things in court. Part of it is because the men are the ones who are playing the game of, you know, appeasing this woman, showering this woman with attention in order to get the favor from like the generals and brothers and fathers in front court, right? Everything that happens is linked. And no matter how much every single person says, oh, men and women like should be completely separate, you really can't separate them out. Last thought. I'm going to reiterate again, the emperor, I feel like is just pimping himself out in order to like make sure that the entire uh, court is happy with him. Plus also just having more, more children. And uh, we'll, we'll see more of this as we continue on with the drama, but man, this episode just reiterates to me that the emperor, yeah, he's not a good man. I don't know what she saw in him. Specifically, Huafei, I don't know what she saw in him. All right. Okay, this was a long episode. One of our fan favorites is finally dead. How will the story progress now that we don't have this villain around? Well, everybody, you need to tune in to find out. Thank you very much for listening today. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please email us at chasingdramaspodcast at gmail.com. Catch you all next time.